Wrestle Buddy Podcast. All about wrestling. Subscribe and follow for more content. Thank you for joining us um, at Wrestle Buddy. Um, this is me. Uh, I'm going to go by Jimmy Bebe. Uh, I'll be doing the interview with you today. Uh, so I'll just jump right into it. Um, I've noticed on Twitter uh, last few days, and now I see your jersey. Uh, you're a big football fan. Is that Heck right? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm loving life right now. I love football. So week one's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that said, the Ravens are playing tonight. Are you watching the game or are you watching Monday Night Raw, man? <laughs> well, man, so, you know, I love wrestling. I've loved wrestling since I was five years old. But, man, like, it, it's nice to love something else. And I just absolutely love football and baseball. It's the Ravens' first game, so I'm going to be paying most attention to that. I know Big E, Big e just uh, teased his cash in on Twitter. Like, he's teasing cash in yeah. the uh, money bank. <laughs> So, during commercial of the Raven game, I'll switch over to that just to see what's going on there. But I'll be mostly paying attention to the Raven game, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I hear you, man. Got to get that first game out of the way. Uh, That's right. So, let's let's go back to the beginning. Uh, what was it that drew you to wrestling? And, and more specifically, what was it that made you want to pursue it as, like, your career? So the first two wrestlers I remember seeing were the Ultimate Warrior on WWF and Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express on NWA. And two guys I was drawn to at first in the late 80s. I was like, I don't know, the Ultimate Warrior just looked like a superhero yeah. come to life. He was all <laughs> jacked up, running to the race, paint. And Ricky Morton, uh, there was just something like so subtle about him like he looked like he could be your uncle or your dad or your dad's best friend like yeah. you know somebody cool that you knew so those are the two wrestlers i really started getting into and i was watching um both nwa and wwf in the late 80s my first memories of it and i was just i just loved it right away man and i i loved it ever since and i always wanted to do it as soon as i saw it i just wanted to be a part of it okay okay so uh you, you mentioned you watched WWF and NWA, uh, so I guess that probably answers the question. But later on, when the the Monday Night Wars were happening, you had WWF, you had WCW going head to head. What which which one did you find yourself more attached to? You know, it just depended on that Monday night, which show was more interesting. Like okay. if if Nitro was more interesting than Raw, I was going to watch majority of Nitro. If Raw was more interesting and then nitro i was gonna watch raw but the majority of the time i always felt like raw was more interesting um especially in like late 98 99 and 2000 like 96 97 when the nwo got hot anytime the nwo was on i was watching nitro yeah, yeah. I, I, they were they were so cool man and me like you know being a early teen at the time and then in you know all my teen years the nwo was awesome and then i also liked you know, watching Chris Jericho to Lionheart back in those days, early Chris Jericho stuff. Yes, um, was yes. cool. Uh, you know, it, so, but yeah, I'd be back and forth, um, especially in those 96, 97 days. But after that, 98, 99, 2000, just like most people, I was watching more, more raw than Nitro. You hit the nail right on the head with me with the WCW. NWO and Jericho, that was my, that was it. I was hooked on them then. Uh, so, 
kind of comparing it to what we have today, uh, we have AW who's who's kind of like just quickly rose to the top. Um, do you see any kind of comparisons as to the the war back then and then the war today, quote unquote, if you want to um, call it a war? No, it's just we have a second big company again. That, that yeah. there's no like the thing is WWE is what it is. It's a global phenomenon. People know what it is all over the world. It's because they've been around for you know over fifty years. Um, if you go back to WWF days, Vince is. It's great that there's another big company, but there's like the thing I don't think most people understand is, and WWE puts it right out there for everyone to see is WWE's TVPG. They want the families, they want the parents bringing the kids. That's why you have a Lily doll that sells out and stuff like that. They're not like, because on the internet, it's so funny, man. They talk about ratings. Oh, AEW is doing great. The demo, they did better than Raw by a thousand people in a demo. I'm like, WWE doesn't care about the demo. The demo is 18 to 49. They're going after the kids. They want to sit that this product is TVPG for the kids, which AEW, they're um, an older audience. They're TV 14. They're. You know, forgot their blood and and you know they're bleeding and cursing a lot more and it's so yeah they're going to do a little better in that demo sometimes but you know two million people over two million people are watching SmackDown and and AW Dynamite's around the millions and it's cool it's great for everybody I'm glad people are enjoying two wrestling shows again and we just don't have this one that's yeah you know nationally recognized as a big company now AEW is as well and they did it in such a short span and good for them kudos to them i enjoy some of their product as well there's there's things about raw i like and i don't like every wrestling show nxt uh dynamite smackdown my personal favorite show and maybe i'm a homer is smackdown i love the roman reign stuff absolutely love it i mean he's killing it on the microphone the storyline's great where he's just so above everyone else even his own family and then you know, in matches, he's he's performing at an all-time level in his matches with Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, you know, uh, Edge. He's killing it, man. John Cena and him had a great match. Like, the guy's on fire, man. He's yeah. the best thing to me, in my humble opinion, going right now is Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, even the match he was having with Usos, like, it was it was oh, just great awesome. stuff. You knew you knew the outcome, but, man, he was just killing it with his storytelling. The hell in a match with, yeah. Oh God, which AU so it just just great stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh so with the AW, you you mentioned how quickly they rose and everything. Um, is that surprising to you how fast they've kind of like hit the they like hit the gate and then they're just flying? They're, they're, I mean, uh, that, it's, it's absolutely not because the star powers there, meaning Jericho, Moxley, Sting, Mad Hardy. Uh, like these are superstars known worldwide. Now they added Mark Henry and Paul White, um, and and CM Punk and, yeah. and uh, Brian Danielson. These guys are were on WWE the last fifteen years old and featured as world champions on there. So everyone knows who these guys are. Everyone loves them, and now they're on this other channel, and you know who they are. So you're gonna watch because especially CM Punk, who was gone for yeah. over seven years, people just absolutely love. So, no, like, it doesn't surprise – like, it, it surprised me that WWE is is somehow not hanging on to these guys, and they're going to the other place. But, no, it doesn't surprise me how quick AEW's um, 
rising because the, it, it, wrestling is a star power driven business and they have all these made stars on their show and it's only going to help MJF get over. It's going to help Darby Allen get over jungle boy hangman page. Cause those to me, those are the guys at AEW that, you know, are just amazing talents. And yeah. um, so, and like the young bucks are people, people love the young bucks and people love Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. So they were already made before they got there too. So they got like a lot of star power. It's a star power driven. It all got popular as they are. Um, hopefully they get more popular because I feel like they're stuck at like the, you know, uh, where they're at. And it's like, can they get more of the families into it? The parents yeah. and the kids and all like, or, is this what they are? They're for the 18 to 49 de- demographic. Is, is that where we're at? Or we'll see. Only time will tell, but no, I'm not surprised at all that yeah. they're doing so well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, you mentioned the, the demographics with WWE, how they try and tackle the entire demographic. Yes. They're not just going after one thing. And I'm curious if AW was going to do that myself. Are they going to be just okay with having that? precious 18 to 49 or are they going to branch out and go for that younger demographic that WWE seems to be leaning more towards this year or, or lately in general mm-hmm. um so between AEW and WWE are there any storylines uh, you mentioned the Roman Reigns stuff but are there any storylines or characters people you haven't had a chance to have anything with that you look at and like man I really wish I could be a part of that well, like, I always think, what would the fans like to see? And, man, like, I feel like I missed the 24-7 title by, what, a year? <laughs> yeah. And the James Ellsworth character would fit perfectly with the 24-7 title storyline. And I think, like, it's getting a little stale now where it's the same guys. It's Tozawa, it, you know, Truth's always funny, We I understand. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's the same people chasing it. Um, and like they're bringing back, I think like Maverick was on Raw last week, yeah, and he, he's already, he, yeah. And they, they've been, he's been there and done that. You know, he's entertaining, but he's been there and done that. It's like, so I'm like, man, you know, I, I kind of like, timing's everything. I've had great timing and I've had bad timing. It's like, man, they let me go about a year before they had. Is I feel like the James Ellsworth character would have been very, very good with this story. Oh, absolutely. Um, so there's that. When I watch that, I'm like, man, that's that's something. That's something that, you know, I, I could benefit from and I think everyone would be entertained by. And then anytime I see Carmel, I'm like, man, you know, they could probably bring me back and, and plug me in here with her because it's like they're so up back and forth with her. One minute she's fighting for the title, then she loses the match and then you don't yeah. see her for a while. I'm like, man, her and I were like, that was a cool like duo. And I feel like a majority of people felt that way. And I'm like, man, well, you know, we never really finished that off. Like, she didn't get rid of me. And, uh, you know, like, I kind of, my story ended with Paige firing me on a SmackDown. I'm like, man, they could come, have me come back for a month and continue that for a little bit, maybe. And, you know, we set up for a big match. And maybe I accidentally cost her to match. And then we're done yeah. for good. Yeah, there's, you, as a performer, you think about stuff that you, you could you could do. And those are the two things. Um yeah, there's always ideas in my head. Like I'll watch like uh, the, the the head the layers of Jericho where MJF was putting them through these layers. Yeah. Like you know, as a performer, you go, man, wouldn't it be great if MJF goes? All right, so this is the last layer of Jericho. If this guy could beat me in a match, one of your friends, I know you're personal friends with this guy. If he could beat me in a match, I will fight. And then I come out. Then everybody's like, oh my god, MJF's gonna kill him. And then maybe he gets himself 
accidentally disqualified or something, you know, like, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just stuff like that, man. I know my role. I know my character. You can do anything with, um, but you know, you can't, my character can't win the world title, but you, you could be in world title matches, but it's, you, you got to know your role and you got to understand what it is. And I know I'm not out there. I'm not Bill Goldberg beating everybody, but I'm a, you know, fun character that you can put certain places and it'll get a reaction and people will, you know, but, and you got to have it small doses as well. So I, I feel like I get it with that. Yeah. I've listened to some of your interviews and stuff. I've, I've caught on, man. You, you seem to really understand how the business works and you know, you seem to know like where your role in it is and you're, you, you relish with it. You're like you, you really give it your all and you're not out there you know, getting released and doing the whole, well, they could have done this with me and all the other stuff. And I respect that a lot, man, because it's refreshing to hear. Man. So the, it, the internet's the best and worst things ever happened to the world. I agree. So there's a lot of crap. <laughs> there's a lot of crap when it miss, you know, fabricated stories, what have you. And then when I see guys, former WWE guys go, Oh man, well, I wasn't pushed or this didn't happen with me. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't they pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars? Did you travel the world on their dime? Didn't they make like action figures? You weren't you in video games? Didn't you do all this cool stuff that normal people aren't going to ever do? Like you should appreciate that. And even if they left the sour taste in your mouth, just think of the positives that happened when you were there and be, you know, grateful for it. And that's how I feel. And when I see people bashing them that used to work there, I'm like, you guys, really? Like, you're a lucky person that being able to live your dream and, okay, maybe then make your world heavyweight champion or what. So what? Like, you know, or maybe they didn't book you like you felt like you should have been booked. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you did travel the world and um, you did do all this cool stuff, made a lot of money. Like, be grateful. Like, that. a lot of people don't get to – experience world travel and stuff and just stuff like that it, it's so petty to me but that's just my humble opinion i agree with you 100 because i see it and i'm like man you guys get these opportunities and you're living a dream and then to just shit on the people that provided that for you it's like wow like um but away from a little bit you mentioned uh you see carmella and you wish you could do more with her um how did that pairing even come about like was it approached to you or you guys come up with it or like, what was the deal with it? So we were overseas in November, 2016. And I had, um, you know, said hi to Carmela here and there, like didn't really ever have a conversation with her. Just hello in the hallway, whatever. Yeah. So I didn't really know her, but um, she came up to me. We we're overseas. Like, hey, James, um, the girls and I were talking in the locker room. Do you know what they're doing with you next at all? Like after you're done with AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose, like that storyline, do you know? I was like, oh, no, I, they haven't told me. I don't know. And she goes, man, we were all talking. What if they put you with one of us? How would you feel about that? And I go, oh, that'd be fun. I think that'd be, you know, I, I think everybody could benefit from it. She goes, well, I'm going to go pitch the idea. She's like, I'm going to go to Vince and see if Vince will put you with me after you're done the storyline and see if he likes it. And uh, I was like, oh, like a thing where I hope you win matches and I think you like me, but you really don't. You're just using me. So I'm like, she's like, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And who's going to say no to her, you know? <laughs> so, so she, um, I remember I, I didn't hear anything after that for like two or three weeks. And she came up to me. She was like, James, guess what? Vince loved the idea. He wants to talk to us about it next week. And so I was like, oh, okay. I remember the week after that, I got 
I was at another title match with AJ Styles. It, it went like 30 seconds. He beat me real quick, and they beat the crap out of me afterwards. And then we're like, yeah, so Carmella's going to, you know, come in and, and try to, uh, like, act like she cares that you got beat up this bad and help you out. People are like, what, what is she doing? And I was like, oh, so it just went from one storyline right to the other. And, like, in my situation, I wasn't a guy that went through NXT or the Performance Center, so they could have cut me at any time. They did not have time or money invested in me. Yeah. They were just making money off of me because I got hot, you know, white hot for a minute. So they're like, oh, we're going to make T-shirts of this guy. We're going to make, make a bunch of money. We'll sign him for a year or two. And, you know, whenever it, it, it settles down, we'll just let him go and bring him back every now and then. That's how they felt. And I got it right away. I understood it. But, yeah, so I, I moved on to that next storyline. And at first, I remember the first couple of months, December, January, February, March, April, I was like, man, we could be doing so much better than this because we would come out at the house shows. And we would both get cheered. Like, they thought it was funny that we were together. Like, oh, yeah. this is cute. Ha, ha. They would pop, you know, just cheer us. I'm like, man, and, like, when I'm a bad guy, I want to be booed. When I'm a good guy, I want to be cheered. That's – I I love watching TV. And I just laugh when the bad guys get cheered and that they embrace it. And they get, like, the fans to chant their name or what. I'm like, do you realize you're not a bad guy? Like, you're a good guy. Like, it doesn't matter if you're doing bad things in the ring. You're a good guy. Like, you're – because you're embracing that the fans are cheering you. So I remember I was like, man, we need to, I was like, we need to do something just to, uh, you know, get some heat. And I remember Vince pulled us in office one day and he's like, what are we going to do to get some heat? They like you guys. We need to get some heat here. I was like, well, it's obvious. All I got to do is help her beat one of the girls on the roster. Cause up at that point we were just beating like enhancement talent. Like I was helping her win and, and like yeah. the fans don't know who the enhancement talent girls are. So they're cheering that they're like, ha ha, this is funny. He's cheating, helping her at, so I remember that day telling Vince that that was my uh, opinion. He goes, oh, all right, well, you, you can help, like, you're going to help her beat Becky Lynch tonight. And it was SmackDown right before WrestleMania 2017. I helped her beat Becky uh, on the SmackDown. And I remember just the boos came in. We went to back. He's like, you were right. That was great. They're booing you. And he's like, you know, give me more ideas and this and that. And so, I'm like, I, I was like, man, I got to help her win every week, but it's got to be like different ways. Like I came up with some goofy stuff we never did. Like, what if I, uh, what if like a girl's hitting the ropes and I have a stop sign or something and they stop, they're like, what? And then Carmella kicks them. Right? But then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Cause then that'll get a, a positive reaction too. people will cheer that. Cause that's funny. So yeah. the, the money in the bank thing was Vince's idea. It was so perfect. It was, that was just genius. He was like, he told us this is what we're going to do. You're going to help her win, and we're going to get a lot of controversy off of it. So then we're going to do another Money in the Bank a week later on SmackDown. We're going to draw a rating off of it. This is going to be great. And I knew right there I told her, I said, this is going to get us the heat we want. But problem was, it worked. It was great. But I was once we got that heat, I started even thinking, I was like, Eh, she probably don't need me right now because she's we got we got the heat. She's got the briefcase. If she has the briefcase, what she need me for? Yeah. So then they when they, when they let me go and she still had the briefcase. I was like, man, I knew it, I knew it. And I was like, oh, maybe they'll bring me back when she cashes it in, and I'll help her. Or maybe they'll bring me back to help her win some title matches. And then seven months later, like a month after she cashed in, they brought me back to help her beat Oscar twice. So I was with her. Her and I did that angle a total of 13 months on television. Over a year, we were together on television, her and I. Yeah. And for a storyline like that, that's 
unheard of, man. Like it, it doesn't usually go on that long for us. Like, you know, Beth Phoenix and Santino, I don't think they got that much time off of it or like Stevie Richards and Victoria or like Colin Delaney and Ke- Kelly Kelly. Like, it, and usually storylines like that end in six, seven months top. So we did 13 total months of her and I together. So I'm very proud of that time for sure. Yeah. And it was, it was good storytelling too. It wasn't like it was something that, it was just repetitive and boring. It, like you guys, you guys kept it to where it was interesting. So that was, that's good. Um, and prior to that, you mentioned your thing with AJ Styles. Um, before this year, WWE seems to do a really good job at protecting AJ uh, with his wins and losses. I it just didn't seem like he took a lot of losses prior to this year with the whole tag team thing he's doing now. But um, you have three victories over AJ. How does that feel, <laughs> knowing that like? You, you, you've done something I don't know if anybody else in WWE has done right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's just hilarious because for a character like like maybe Matt Riddle's beat him three times, we don't know. We're not keeping count, but you keep count when I do it because it's unbelievable that I've done it. Like, Riddle could beat AJ, but like yeah. me, it's just one of those memorable things because just the way, you know, the character I am or played on, on WWE. So when I do indie shows, I, I if, if I'm a bad, if I'm a heel, a bad guy, I come out, I always say, I beat AJ Styles not once, not twice, but three. And those indie fans are like the hardcore wrestling fans who just worship AJ Styles. And they're like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, uh, they're still so mad about it. Like, and the fans, and it's funny, that type of fan, that 18 or 49 demographic, loved me before I beat AJ Styles three times. Once I started to beat AJ Styles, they were like, screw this guy. It's so funny. Like, it's my decision. I'm doing this. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so to me, it's hilarious. I just think it's funny that I get to say that for the rest of my career. I beat AJ Styles. I'll always brag about it in promos because it's, Ab- it's a funny thing. Absolutely. You you got to milk that one dry, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how, how was it working with AJ? I mean, he's regarded as probably one of the best in-ring performers of this generation. So, uh, like, how was it just being able to share the ring with him? Oh, to me, my own opinion, I said this before I ever wrestled him. I think he's the absolute best in-ring performer of this era, the last 20 years. Him. Yeah. No one better. In-ring. Um, he's so – everything he does makes sense. He does some high flying, but he sells it. And every, like, just – it's hard to explain, but he's – they call him phenomenal, and he's he he absolutely is phenomenal. He's good at every little thing, every little detail. Everything makes sense, like I said, and um, just it, there's no one better to me. And he got – I remember my favorite match at WWE is the ladder match him and I have for my uh, SmackDown contract. And just the storytelling that match, just like – the, the way he just knows how to do everything and make it look good. He gave me a – if you go back and watch that match, he gave me a backbreaker. And it, looked like, it was the most beautiful backbreaker I've ever seen. Or, you know, and I've sold it real good for him. But he's just so good at every little thing that he does. Yeah. It makes him, to me, the best in the world. I don't think there's anyone better all around in ring performer than AJ Styles. Nice. Nice. I, I, I agree for this era. Like, he, he is just top of the line. Um Let's see. So you still watch wrestling uh, the day-to-day. You watch all the shows and all that. Um, what do you think is the stuff if, – if, if you weren't a fan of wrestling and you were to turn it on today, what do you, what do you think is the, the thing that would cap, like, capture your attention 
and be like, okay, I like this and turn you into a wrestling fan. Like, you know, how uh, Ultimate Warrior did when you were a kid. Like, what do you think today uh, would be that type of thing? Well, today's hard because it's the compelling characters to me. And like, like the Ultimate Warrior drew me in. And then the Ricky Morton did like Ricky Morton would just look like a yeah. you know everyday guy. So I like that too. But it's the characters, man. If I'm a little kid, if, I think if I'm if it's nine year old James Ellsworth and I'm watching AEW, I would really love Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because that that gimmick that wow, there's a, <laughs> there's a guy he looks like you know Jungle Boy looks like he's out of the jungle story. You know, like if you're watching you know Jungle Boy or whatever, like and he has a dinosaur, that's cool. Like you know. I like the Marco stunt guy, but to me, it's like yeah. those two. That's a cool gimmick. You know, Marco, you know what? I, I like Marco stunt. I really, if I'm like, just a little side thing, if I'm booking the show, I'd make like Marco stunt MJF's lackey. I just think, I don't know, again, playing Booker when you're watching. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. MJF's like degrading this guy, make him carry his bags and, and like, and he's always getting beat up because of MJF. You know, he's always putting him in harm's way. But I'm gonna make yeah, you yeah. a star, kid. You were nothing hanging out with Jungle Boy and and uh, uh, and Luchasaurus. I'm gonna make you a star. Look at me, I'm a star. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. So it's the compelling characters that always has been to me. If I'm dude, I, if I'm watching like, I, it's this is crazy that they get they got rid of the fiend to me. If I'm a kid and I see the fiend, I'm like, wow, this is cool. Or Alexa Bliss, like, wow, this is cool. Like, it's the pe- compelling characters to me. I'm. And you know, then mix that in with the athleticism of the of the talent, and that's to me, it's like, wow, this is amazing, you know. And uh, it's always been like that for me personally. It, it's you hit it right on the head with that one too, man. Because uh, I have two kids. My nine year old son loves Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus; those are his things. He never misses them. And then the little girl, she's obsessed with Alexa Bliss and the whole fiend. Like they just. They're obsessed with well, them, like so again the eighteen to forty nine demographic like oh this is stupid she has a doll yeah, this yes. is dumb this is yeah. oh my god this is crap and meanwhile those dolls are selling out on WWEshop.com yeah. I'm trying had, to get my daughter one they're selling yeah. out I had to pre order on the second shipment to make sure we got it for her, man <laughs> that's I, what I'm saying I made, I made sure to take a picture with it to rub it into the internet like hey I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about contacting Alexa and be like hey can I get one of those dolls somehow I'm trying to get one my daughter like and, and, you know, I, I might do that actually because this is you know but that's what people don't get about wrestling like it's it's a show it's yeah of course this doll's not alive you know but like it, yeah. neither's chucky <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? so that's what pe- it's so funny how people think oh they're not making it look real enough like uh, it's a show it's an entertainment <laughs> show yeah uh and the, the one i really love is they're blaming vince for booking a show for his enjoyment it's just for himself. And it's like, no, you're just wanting the show to be for yourself. And you're not realizing that there's little kids who enjoy this part. There's older people who enjoy this part still. And it's just a combination of things. And yeah, yeah. it's a circle. It's a little thing for everybody. Every, you know, it's not all for one demographic. Like, and it's a little bit for everyone. Like yeah. that 18 to 49, the joy in AJ Styles or Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens or um, Sami Zayn or um, Ricky Shea, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Like, but Shinsuke's like his character for the kids too. The, the, you know, the guitarist boogs yeah. and he comes out with a crown. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. All, all that charisma. It catches there. It catches them. Um, yep. So um, 
when you were with WWE during the traveling, um, did you have like one or two people you traveled with? Did you have a bunch that you just mixed it up with or like, how did that go about? I, I mixed it up every now and then. Like we had uh Bertie Charles, one of the referees, Dan Engler. He's one of my best friends to this day. I traveled with Shinsuke, traveled with Mojo Riley, traveled with Rhino. Rhino is one of my buddies, uh, you know, that I talk to a lot. Um, you know, I, I, you know, mixed it around a little. I like to get in the car with everybody, you know, just have some fun. But those were the main guys I would get in the car with and um, just have a good time, you know. It, it's especially when you're doing those four days in a row. That was like mainly our schedule. We, we would do a Saturday house show, Sunday house show, Monday house show, and then SmackDown Tuesdays. That would be the majority of our schedule. So, yeah, but yeah, Rhino, Mojo Riley, Shinsuke, um, you know, the, one of the referees, Dan Engler. Yeah, th those were like my four main guys. There were other times where I ha were in the car with like American Alpha or Aiden English or, you know, Bray Wyatt or, you know, here and there. But those are my four main dudes I would travel with. Um, so on the ride along you did with Daniel Bryan, was that just a pairing that they gave you or was it just um, they asked, hey, we're doing the ride along. Is there anybody you would like to do it with? Or like how did that one happen? How did that pairing get together? So we rode together a little bit because um, he was on the house shows as general manager and he would come out as a surprise and make a match or whatever and people would go down. But they only did that for like a little bit when I was first day. So him and I did ride together a little bit. So I think they noticed and are like, oh, man, that'd be a funny ride along. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was. I think that was one of the better ride alongs of all time. I, maybe I'd be at a homer myself tooting my own horn. But when I watched ride along, and I think more people remember that ride along than any other one. Like, it was very popular. It was just he wouldn't let me pull over to pee and he was sneezing all over the place. And that was all real. <laughs> and, and just, yeah, it was funny, man. He's a good dude. I, yeah, I, you know. I was supposed to wrestle him one time in SmackDown when I, in 2018, and it got cut. I was so upset because I really wanted to wrestle him. Uh, uh. Yeah, that, that's funny. I was literally about to ask you if the whole him not letting you pull over was real. Because I'm like, man, that can't be. <laughs> He's not going to pull over? <laughs> no, we had to get to the – and it, it, it was only like a two-hour drive. We were going from yeah. Dallas to uh, – Tyler, yeah. Tyler, Texas, yeah. <laughs> that's funny man uh okay so what, what's your uh like i guess your good take and your bad take on the landscape of wrestling in general today uh based on you know how what because when you were when you were younger you know the characters i feel like the characters were more there, there was a lot more characters that were appealing and then maybe that's not the case today uh just as an example but what would you, would you say uh, as far as the land, like, I guess the landscape, what, what's a bad take so, and a good take for yourself? Well, the good take would be there's plenty of wrestling to watch and that's cool. If you're a wrestling fan, it's a lot of fun. Obviously the main ones are WWE and AEW, but if you want to find other outlets, you can look for impact. It comes on national television. It's not on a channel that's available everywhere, but it is out there. Ring of honor. Obviously they don't have a set time on a set network, but they're out there. I catch that a lot because it's on so many different channels. Um, so that's really cool. If you're a wrestling fan, there's so much to watch. Bad take is, um, I, it's just, I think when we were, we touched on it a little bit earlier, like, like, you know, people ragging on social media and all it, it's it's the it's the, a great thing and a really terrible thing and you know i, I think it, it shows too much negativity yeah um i think 
wrestling's supposed to be positive. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be you're getting away from all your problems and enjoying this thing, just like any other entertainment, whether it's music or movies. Um, and yeah, like I think it should be more positive. And you know, like we the fans know too much now, and I, I don't think I, I, like it's kind of like if you're doing magic and you hold back the curtain and people can see the magic or like it's not that doesn't make it as fun anymore like i don't want the fans knowing oh well this guy like i, I hate it when i came back at money in the bank 2018 it was all over like the dirt sheet it's like oh you know Meltzer and all those guys which i have nothing against those guys they're just doing a job of making money at it and good for them yeah but like man it was already out there that i was doing it so i did everything i could to put on twitter now because i was supposed to wrestle in china that weekend um, for an independent show. And I was like, no, I'm in China. And I put up the match graphic and this and that. Then even that that promotion like put out, no, he was supposed to be here, but he's not going to be here now. Like, wow. <laughs> like, wow. You know, like, I, I can't stand that. Like, oh, what? Like, the element of surprise is so much fun. And I love it. And um, yeah, like, so when it was like out there that I was doing that, I was like, man, they took that away. And I think that's what a lot of it. I think there's so much that's out there. Hey, this is what happened here, and that's what I have. I don't want to know any of that. I just want to watch the joy and not know any of the magic or any of the behind the scenes or what's going on in people's personal lives. That takes yeah. all the magic away, makes it less interesting. I just want to watch, have a good time while I'm watching, and not you know want to wait to watch the next week. Can't wait to watch the next week. That's how I would feel, and I think that feeling is not there as much as it used to be. Yeah. yeah. That was, it's funny because when uh, I feel like it started being an issue early 2000s, like when the internet first started like gaining some steam and becoming this thing that it is today. And that's when I kind of started falling out of love with wrestling a little bit is because it was taken away from the surprises. And it's like, why am I tuning in if I know The Rock's going to be there when he hasn't been there in six months? And it seems like it's more prevalent today than ever. And it really does kill some of the enjoyment. Yeah, the people's personal lives. I don't care who's having marital issues or doing that. That's, that's yeah. you know, people are, that's their personal life. What, you know, obviously somebody does something and they're, you know, in trouble with the police or whatever. Yeah, I get that. But like, we, the other stuff, it's just, I don't know. People's personal lives aren't anyone's business. And we're just supposed to be entertained and enjoying the show. Like, but, you know, I think one of the USO, something, he just went through something again. I don't pay much attention to it. And then people are ragging on that person. I'm like, it's none of your business. This is wrestling again. To me, it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable and a good time. I always tell when I meet uh, students that are at wrestling schools or when I go to indie shows, I always make it a point to tell the younger guys that are just getting in or only been in for a few years. I go, remember, this is supposed to be a good time for you. First and foremost, I know you want to make it big and make money and all that great stuff, but never forget that this is supposed to be a good time. That's all this is supposed to be. And never forget yeah. that. Don't, don't pay attention to any of the noise. Do your thing. Have fun, be respectful to everyone, and, and hopefully you go as far as you can go. And that's what I tell them. Yeah, the, the wrestling world is wild like that because I can go to movies with a friend and I can enjoy it. I can watch basketball or football with a friend. I can enjoy it. If I sit and watch wrestling with a friend, I hate it. I want them to get out of my house because they're just ruining it for me because it's they, they know this about, like you said, they know something about their personal life or they see something like Rey Mysterio is beating the big show and like, that's not even possible. It's like, come on, man. It, this is this is supposed to be 
it's no different than watching a movie and a TV show. Enjoy it while you can. Right. It's entertainment. That's all it is. It's supposed to be. It's, it's, it's so, to me, it's my favorite form of entertainment. The art form of pro wrestling is entertainment. Is my personal favorite form of entertainment. And it's, you know, hopefully we'll get back to, you know what, we don't care about anything while we're watching this. We're just watching this. If, if the guys are available to entertain us and they're there, regardless of what's going on, they're personalized. Obviously, they're there for a reason still because they're available to be there. So we're going to watch them and just be entertained. And, and I don't want to know if this guy's winning the title next week because it's yeah. his turn. And the, you know, or, oh, hey, you know, this guy after seven years is coming back. I don't, I don't want to know that. I want to be – dude, when Shane McMahon came back, that was the last big surprise because no one knew about it. Yeah. They hid it from everyone, and they hid him from everyone. When he came out, I remember losing my own. You know, I was like, "Oh my god, Jimmy!" <laughs> so, yeah, you know that that's my humble opinion. Again, that's my oh, opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if they would have been able to do that with CM Punk, they would have had to bring me back to life. I would have just completely oh, lost. And we knew he was that, coming. It, it, yeah. it, it was still very good. Like, yeah, I think that was very the cool thing AEW's ever done. That the way they handled the CM Punk thing. Um, I think it was very, very good. But can you imagine if he would have yeah. just came out of new, nowhere and you had no clue he was going to be at AEW? We knew he was going to be at AEW for like three months. So yeah, who already yeah. came out? Didn't make it, I would... it didn't make it not exciting. It was very exciting. But, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, and they did it perfect in his hometown. and He didn't, you know, like get beat up by any bad guys or anything. So it was cool how they did it. They handled it very well. Okay, so... Uh... Let's move on to um, the Indies have opened back up after the pandemic. They they've hitting with a bang. They're like they're just shows everywhere. Um, have you been doing anything to keep yourself busy with any of these shows? Oh man, th this week alone, I'm going to Jersey to wrestle Thursday. Um, wrestling here in Maryland on uh, Friday. Wrestling doing an autograph session in Philly Saturday afternoon, and wrestling West Virginia Saturday night. So I have four things in three days this week. Damn. <laughs> so I'm very <laughs> and I love the Indies, man. I was on the Indies 14 years before I ever signed with WWE. So I'm very familiar and I love, and I, and I love those because wrestling fans in person and person are so nice and so fun, enjoyable to talk to. And I love going to indie shows and, and reminiscing with these fans about the stuff I did on WWE or, you know, a lot of them go, man, like you were a big fan of WWF and NWA growing up. Like, and now you, you've wrestled for the WWE title and the NWA title. Ain't that all? Like, they bring stuff up like that. You're like, man, it, it's just cool. Like, it, it's very enjoyable, um, you know, meeting fans all around the world. And Because the independent wrestling fans, I always say, are the most loyal wrestling fans. I mean, they're going to indie shows to see you. So, yeah, they know all about wrestling. And, and, and they're fun to talk to in person. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there anybody on the indie scene that you you're wanting to work with or that maybe people should know about up and coming? There's two guys. I run my own promotion here in Maryland, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling, AdrenalineWrestling.com. Check it out, Adrenaline Championship <laughs> Wrestling on Facebook. Um, uh, so the sharpest blade, Chris Slade. Check him out. He um, is like a, a rich one. Shane Strickland, which is uh, Isaiah Scott on NXT now, or Leo Rush, or Chris Bay, like these really talented guys. He has the same kind of look as them with the hair and the athleticism, and he, he's awesome, man. He wrestles for us. No one knows him yet, but I feel like in the next calendar year, he's going to blow up on the independent scene. And then we have this guy, Big Trouble Ben Bishop. Look him up on Twitter. He's a legit 6'10", just in great shape, good-looking guy, gets 
gets wrestling, understand it's been wrestling for two years now. I help personally train him. And he definitely, I think in the next six months, is going to get signed to one of the bigger companies because he just has the look. He looks like a million bucks. So, yeah, Big Trouble Ben Bishop and the Sharpest Blade Chris Slade. Look these guys up. Check them out. No one knows them yet, but people within the next six to 12 months are going to know them and they're going to do big things. I guarantee it. You heard it here, guys. He guarantees it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're running low on time. So uh, I'm allow you if you have anything else to plug. You got your adrenaline wrestling. But is there anything else you'd like to plug before you get out of here, man? Yeah, man, got to go pick up my daughter from school. That's you know, the, I you know, I'm big family, man. I, I love yeah. my daughter. I have a beautiful fiance. I'm a very lucky and fortunate person. But anyway, yeah. Before I go, check me out on Twitter at Real Ellsworth on Instagram at James Ellsworth Wrestling Cameo.com. Search James Ellsworth if you want a video from yours truly. Take care, man. Nice talking to you. God bless you. Yeah, Stay safe. Right. Remember, any man with two hands has a fighting chance. <laughs> so, thank you, care, man. Buddy. And uh, yeah, good luck to the race. I enjoyed that. Good conversation with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.